When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. So how was your first clubhouse experience as a participant? It was fun. It was a little, I wasn't quite set up. I was driving and I was trying <laughs> to find my way around and my navigation came on and I had to tell I thought I had muted that. And I was like, okay, let me just get on the highway and then I'll unmute myself. So it was kind of awkward. I know I stumbled. I didn't make my no, thoughts quite clear. Uh, I, I was trying to get out. Yeah, I was get, trying to get out of rural Maryland. Yeah. I was trying to find my way out back to civilization <laughs> mm-hmm. while I was on Clubhouse. So the good thing is I know I can do Clubhouse while driving now because I figured that out. Uh, so I could actually do that. I think my first Clubhouse was also while I was driving and I had like my windshield wipers on and Ugh. I just felt like it was super duper loud. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm driving and I'm on hands like I didn't want people to judge me yeah but essentially clubhouse is just a phone call but I spent like the last 24 hours on clubhouse it's been a lot okay so I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about it and I might edit this out I'm not sure but I think I just I need to because it's so sitting on the front of my mind sure go ahead spill so I've spent like the last 24 hours or so on and off on Clubhouse listening to this room. It's the balance room Mm -hmm. and it's just called Meet Israelis and Palestinians. And it's, um, I'm going to cry probably talking. You sent me the link, right? I just couldn't join. I may have. I don't remember. I've been sending it to everybody. (laughs) Everybody needs to listen to this. So. Yeah, It's been a safe place where Israelis and Palestinians in Gaza, West Bank, Tel Aviv, in and around other parts of Israel, Mm -hmm. um, around the world, come Mm -hmm. and talk about their experiences and share their thoughts, Mm -hmm. their personal experiences, their personal experience in Israel, their personal experience in Palestine, their family's Mm -hmm. experiences in the diaspora, Mm -hmm. and It has been so eye-opening, to say the least. There's all these beautiful stories being told and misconceptions being shed and learning and unlearning going on. And um, I know I've shared my thoughts about the situation in Palestine Mm -hmm. on the podcast Instagram. And Arthi, I really appreciate you letting letting me use our platform to share my feelings about the situation as I wasn't going to. And you said, you know what? It's important to you. You should. But I want to also address to the listeners that so much of what I thought I knew and so much of what I thought I understood, especially when I started sharing the stuff about what was going on in Sheikh Jarrah and everything, has changed just by listening to these people on Clubhouse that are actively living through this experience. Like I've Mm -hmm. heard Palestinians say to Israelis, of course we believe in your right to exist. It would be crazy for us to say that Israel doesn't exist or that Israel shouldn't exist. It's 
insane to say that Israelis don't or Jews don't have a connection to this land. Yeah. It's and that is revolutionary because mm-hmm. not because I didn't know that. Like I know because I grew up with a lot of Palestinian friends. I know that that is a sentiment for Palestinians. And that's a sentiment you share. And that's a sentiment I share. But mm-hmm. for Palestinians to say this to Israeli people, to Jewish people, I can imagine for a Jewish person to hear a Palestinian say yeah. to them, I believe in your right to exist is an extremely moving and emotional experience. Right. I've heard Israelis and Jewish people say, we know the situations that you're living in in Palestine is made worse by settlements and Mm -hmm. by the current right-wing government of Israel. And again, for Palestinians to hear a Jewish person say that is a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And Arthi, I have cried probably at like four o'clock. My cry count was like eight or nine, but I have cried probably like You're crying times. right now. I, your video is grainy, but I can still see the tears. <laughs> <laughs> I've been crying on and off because everybody says it's so complicated and we can't talk about it mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And it's like, I so strongly believe that there are misconceptions on both sides that can be cleared up if we just talk about it. And I've heard it in the last 24 hours mm-hmm. in this room on Clubhouse. I've heard it. I've heard I've heard Muslims speaking up when someone says an anti-Semitic term. I've mm-hmm. heard Muslims speak up and say, I'm going to have to stop you right there. That's mm-hmm. inaccurate. I've heard mm-hmm. Jews speak up against factual inaccuracies about Palestine mm-hmm. or the Palestinian yeah. people or the Nakba. I've heard Jews say, I never knew about the Nakba. I was never Mm -hmm. told what that was. Mm -hmm. I was only told about Israeli independence. Explain what the Nakba is. So a Nakba means catastrophe in Mm -hmm. Arabic. And mm-hmm. in 1948, when Israel was created and Jewish people were able to come home because mm-hmm. many Jews did exist in that land mm-hmm. before the Arabs, before the Ottomans and all that stuff. But Jewish people were able to come home to a safe place for them. When that mm-hmm. happened, it happened by uprooting and forcibly removing Mm -hmm. Palestinian people from the area. Mm -hmm. I will go ahead and also say that Jews that were migrating into the area were coming Mm -hmm. out of Arab countries or Mm -hmm. or Iran, where they were heavily persecuted for being Jewish. So it's not like they were just like, yay, we got a vacation spot. Like, no, Mm -hmm. they were also fleeing for their lives and trying to get to a safe Mm -hmm. space. What I've heard over the years and years and years is always obviously more the Palestinian view because I'm Muslim. I grew up around mostly Muslims. But I've talked on the podcast before about how much I love Jewish people and how much I love Judaism. And mm-hmm. I don't want to say that like a white person that's like, I have black friends. Yeah. But yeah. I just want it to come from a place of I have such deep respect for the Jewish faith and the and Jewish culture and the Jewish struggle because it's the story of the first refugees, right? Like yeah. we talk yeah. so much, we, you and I talk so much about being mm-hmm. immigrants and your identity yeah. and finding a space where you feel like you fit as a person. And that has been a struggle for Jewish people because Jews have been persecuted for as long as they've existed. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that we can ignore. And Mm -hmm. that's not something that we can overlook, especially even for me, I've been sharing and I've been reading articles and you think that you're following the right activists and Mm -hmm. you don't realize that maybe some of the language
language that an activist is using, even if I consider them liberal, yeah. might be hurtful or anti-Semitic or anti-Semitic adjacent, like mm-hmm. where it's a slippery slope for Jewish people. Because now, yeah, you you have a bunch of assholes riding this mm-hmm. cause to yeah. hurt Jewish people because right. it's like low-hanging fruit. And white supremacy, which we talk about all the time on the podcast, mm-hmm. the core of white supremacy includes anti-Semitism. So if mm-hmm. I'm going to sit here on the podcast and talk about Cameron Westcott being a white supremacist, I right. can't sit here and say in good faith that I don't denounce anti-Semitic mm-hmm. behavior that's happening yeah. around the country. Yeah. So anyway, so- all this to say... I know. I know. It's heavy stuff. And it's heavy stuff that you're not the first generation to go through. Um, yes. You, I Hopefully, we will be the last generation to go through. It all comes down to if you truly talk to people, people, mm-hmm. real people, not the thugs that run the political scenarios here. And really, they are profiting on the pain and the profiting yes. on the war. They are neither Jewish or Muslims. They are not following their religion either. Mm-hmm. They're using their religion to wage war against each other because they want to hold on to power. But if you really talk to the people, I don't think Jewish people and Palestinians have hated each other Palestinians may hate the Israeli military establishment that is attacking them at the moment, and Jewish people may hate Hamas, but it's not the same thing as hating actual people. At the end of the day, if you just let people be people, people will actually reach out and help each other because there's nothing stopping them from doing that other than these artificial borders. By the way, thank you, Auntie Lizzie, sitting in Great Britain. It's all because of her, right? (laughs) Yeah. Grandma Lizzie is the one who's, yeah, Grandma Lizzie, you're, you're the cause of the pain that Pakistanis and Indians go through. Mm -hmm. They are the cause of the pain that the West Bank and Gaza goes through. Yeah. It's the same thing where people were separated or people were displaced without a consideration for how that would make them feel. And uh, what the consequences of the long-term consequences of it would be. And this is what it results in. As a Hindu, I've been brought up a Hindu, although I don't quite practice it. Looking in from the outside and looking at all three Abrahamic religions, I have never understood what the religious difference is really, truly, Mm -hmm. because I feel like you worship the same God. You follow the same principles for the most Mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. The origins of the religion is is the same region you are the same people how yeah. how can one group hate the other is beyond me yeah i, I think a big thing that I'm hearing in that group and just in reading more and more about movements on solidarity, because mm-hmm. so much of my upbringing and my understanding of the situation has, like I said, been from a Muslim perspective. <laughs> and so the solidarity has always been there in that, like, I think Jewish people should be able to live in peace in Israel and not be mm-hmm. scared of Hamas rockets, right? That's been sort of my understanding. And mm-hmm. I don't try to get deeper into what else Israel, Israel should do or what is the Israeli experiences or what the Jewish experiences mm-hmm. because I'm not Jewish and I don't understand mm-hmm. I I can sympathize with it I can empathize with it but I don't understand it because I've never dug that deep in right we know mm-hmm. they suffered in the Holocaust and we always have sympathy for them and that kind of it kind of stops there and if we stop there we overlook the fact that there was suffering for Jews before the Holocaust and they're suffering for Jews after the Holocaust and mm-hmm. so I think it's really important to view the Jewish experience as an evolving experience but one that also carries with it a lot of generational trauma Mm -hmm. and 
for the Palestinians, they also carry with them a lot of generational trauma. And one Mm -hmm. of the things that I'm seeing in the room is their solidarity in their pain. They're both people on each side that are experiencing an immense amount of pain. And rather than identifying who's to blame and who belongs where, it's more important to say, I've had a terrible experience and I've experienced pain and I would like to feel heard. And for you Mm -hmm. as a listener to say, I hear you and I see you and I I feel for the pain that you felt through. And Mm -hmm. how can we make sure that the people who represent us, whether they're Palestinians or Israelis, are actually listening to people and addressing their pain and not being greedy about the land? Because the, the thing about the land is mm-hmm. it was called Palestine before, mm-hmm. right? And there were Palestinians there. But well, who made up the Palestinians? It was Jews, Muslims, Christians. Mm-hmm. It was everybody. Mm-hmm. The misconception is everybody lived in pe- there in peace. Well, that's not oh, totally really. true. Religious warfare has always existed. And truth, mm-hmm. and the fact is that Jews have been a brunt of that hatred. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Muslims have been a brunt of that hatred in other parts of the world. It has happened. That's not something that we can deny. And Christians are minorities in Iraq and Iran right now. Exactly. So when we talk about the actual land and we talk about the genetics, yes, Mm -hmm. Jewish people were the first people there because Judaism is the oldest. It's the first Abrahamic religion. Mm -hmm. But if you have any lineage to Middle Eastern nations, the likelihood that you share blood with Jewish people is probably pretty high. Because Mm -hmm. that's where it all comes from. It all comes Mm -hmm. from that same area. So when we talk about the land belonging to a certain people, yes, the Jewish people were there first, but we Mm -hmm. all come from those people. So we're all the same. It's so crazy because I I kept hearing from people who are Palestinians who haven't been able to go back Mm -hmm. and Israelis that are Americans who went to Israel, like American Jewish people who came to Israel to visit and ended up staying there. And Mm -hmm. the thing there that I thought was so heard was so beautiful that, you know, American Jews said it was very easy for me to move to Israel. Mm -hmm. It's breaking my heart to hear that a Palestinian whose father was born here Mm -hmm. has not been able to return back to a land that I know when I go there pulls at my heart and I feel so deeply and so strongly to it. Mm -hmm. And right there, right then I was like, thing, we need more of that. We need more of people to say, I understand that Israeli person or that Jewish person and the feeling that they get in their heart when they're there because I'm a Palestinian and I wish that I could feel that feeling too but I'm not allowed to have that and just right there like it's just been beautiful I don't want to keep talking about this because I'm just gonna keep crying but but what I'm getting is that it was healing extremely that was important for you I'm glad you had that because the couple weeks prior to that have been super hard Mm -hmm. sometimes you feel stuff and sometimes you're not able to verbalize what you feel yeah but being in a like-minded clubhouse room of of this kind where other people may be able to verbalize what you're feeling and that helps you yeah have a cathartic experience yeah so i'm I'm glad you had that healing there almost a hundred thousand people have gone through that room wow that's insane yeah and it's been going on for three days and i just only found it yesterday 
Oh, and wow. the stories and stuff. And it's that a are continuous room then. It's a continuous, continuous room. They have moderators that are Muslim, Jewish, non-denominational. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Israelis, you have Palestinians, you have people in the diaspora, you have American mm-hmm. Jews, you have everybody. And they're all taking turns to moderate. And it is so beautiful. There is a woman who joined from Gaza mm-hmm. and she told of the situation that's there right now, right? Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that an Israeli person was able to even communicate with somebody from Gaza because people from Gaza don't have an ability to get yeah. their word out. And the concern that the Israeli folks in the room had for this woman in Gaza who said, I know I'm risking my life talking about my experience because all my channels are being monitored and yeah. either I'm going to get something from the extremists on the Palestinian side or I'm going to get something from the extremists in the Israeli government. And I know that I'm putting my life at risk, but it's important for me to tell you my truth. And the people like... We heard drones Ugh. flying over her head, her over her house, and the number of people that were like, "Oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Is everything okay? You know, we just want you to be safe." Yeah. It wasn't like just Muslims looking out for Muslims. Yeah. Yeah. It was people. It was just people mm-hmm. that were looking it's just out people for people looking person. out for. Oh my God. It was amazing. You have okay. to put a link to that clubhouse room. On yeah. Our, so uh, on if, our because I think it's educational. It, you don't have to speak up. Don't get in. I would advise our listeners do not oh, no. interrupt that. But you can So, so the nice okay, thing good. about it is that they're only giving the floor to Israelis mm-hmm. and Palestinians. Oh, good. Or, okay. Or if you are somehow like essentially to Jewish people and to Palestinians and people mm-hmm. in the Palestinian diaspora. And it's really, really effective because Mm. there's been lots of people that are like, I'm from India or I'm from Pakistan or I'm from Egypt and I have a thought. And everybody's like, no, you're from those areas. You can ask a question, but you cannot share your opinion because you don't understand. And it's been amazing. And anyway, so let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Let me get a drink. Okay. Okay. Maybe um, that's, this is where we need, we would love if we had any sponsors, we could put an ad in, <laughs> drop an ad in, <laughs> and then we could come back and like, we're back. And let's Clubhouse, talk about- Clubhouse, would you like to sponsor us? We'll take I a sponsorship. Know. Okay. I know, right? So yeah. this week we had the premiere of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. We had a very, very fun episode of Real Housewives of New York. <laughs> and we had Real Housewives of New Jersey Reunion Part 1. What would oh. you like to start with? New York is the one that I just watched, so we can start there. I want to talk about New York because, one, it's the freshest yes. uh, in your mind. And also, two, what you did today, your activities today, is so relevant <laughs> to this episode. I mean, we cannot make this oh. up. So the ladies go to a vineyard. Leah and Ramona fight. And as usual, Sonia gets too drunk. So yeah. I want to start with the argument at the very end where Sonia eventually snaps. Where do you, um, who do you bank with, by the way? <laughs> Listen, I, I diversify. I have my money in lots of places, okay? <laughs> Okay. I see the piggy bank behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So Ebony reveals that she is getting a mortgage with Chase, Chase. even though Wells Fargo has better rates. But Mm -hmm. she does the JP Morgan Chase mortgage because it does good things for people of Mm -hmm. color. Sonia, Mm -hmm. upon hearing Ramona say, yeah, Wells Fargo does have better rates, snaps. (laughs) 
Yeah. And then she goes on and on and on about all what, of you this going stuff. after my family. <laughs> okay. So the reason we want to talk about this today first is because, Arthi, this afternoon, what were you doing? Tell everybody. <laughs> so this afternoon, I was in Southern Maryland, and I was on a plantation called the Sotterly Plantation. It is a historic site, and it is a, one of the best kept sites for talking about the slave trade in Maryland. Maryland was at the very center of it, and this plantation alone had over, within a short, short period, had over 100 slaves, and the region had about 100,000 slaves at one point. So wow. it was a long day. It we went to talk about the history of the plantation itself. And this was something where we were trying to learn more about Southern Maryland. So it was a long day of a lot of reflection and getting up close in front with some of the history and some of the stories and some of the characters from 1703 and onwards. But one of the things that intrigued me, because it it all comes to a full circle, is that third owner of this plantation and third and final owner was the daughter of the original J.P. Morgan Sr. <laughs> and her name was Louisa. Oh, um, and J.P. Morgan considered her his favorite daughter. Mm. She owned the plantation. Obviously, at that point, she didn't have slaves, but she had lots of help. And there was still segregation. And this was their summer house. Uh, this was their vacation home. And once Louisa passed, it went to her daughter, Mabel. Mm -hmm. And Mabel was much more recent. And Mabel was very well educated and knew what the plantation stood for and everything. But Mabel was a racist too. The plantation's board of directors and the people that manage plantation now, it's actually managed by the descendants of the final owners of the plantation, but also some of the descendants of the slaves, as well as descendants of people who worked at the plantation and had dealt with Mabel and dealt with Louisa. <laughs> so it was interesting to hear the stories of all of that. And there were quite a few J.P. Morgan letters that I oh was my able God. Did and you touch them? Yep. <laughs> that was a little note that said, do not touch, but I touched them. <laughs> I was on a special tour, so I was like, I'm touching <laughs> Morgan letters. Because after everything I had heard, I was like, I'm touching them. <laughs> So for J.P. Morgan Chase to be doing what they're doing now, yes. it's about time. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, look, <laughs> we are all here for people learning and growing and changing and evolving, right? Everybody was a piece of shit at some point. Okay. Uh -huh. So the yeah. fact that they are doing good for people of color, what are they doing actually? I never looked it up. Oh, wow. What Ebony, I guess, is talking about is Chase has a $5,000 grant for home buyers in majority black areas. Mm -hmm. which is, you know, great. That's yeah. fantastic. That's not mm -hmm. something that Black people have been able to get access to. In mm -hmm. fact, for them, it's the very much the opposite, that if you mm -hmm. are from a Black neighborhood, mm -hmm. you are probably not going to get a mm -hmm. approved for a mortgage or mm -hmm. you are going to get approved for a really high interest rate mortgage. So that's good, Sonia. <laughs> 
Sonia, that's good. Okay, Ebony's does yeah. good. But Sonia, what do you think is going on with her? I told you, she's spinning out of control because she is financially strapped. I think the Century 21 thing didn't go through. Mm-hmm. She is truly financially strapped and how she's going to hold on to the house. And I think she has this false sense of royalty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she thinks that she is still in the Morgan family and she has to keep up the appearances mm-hmm. for the sake of the family, which clearly doesn't care about her. No. But she seems to care so much. I don't know if she's still hoping for help or some handout from them that would help her navigate this. But I'm truly, if I were her, I would be worried too. I'm worried for Sonia and how she's going to navigate her <laughs> old age. Where is the money going to come from for her to take care of herself? Mm-hmm. Is her daughter going to take care of her? I worry about her. So I think she is worried about that. And that is weighing heavily. And it's like one more thing that went down south for her. I think every time a deal goes south where mm-hmm. she's not able to gain some level of financial independence that is the equivalent to what she had before, which is so sad, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. Sonia, you're never going to get the money that you had before. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. You're one of the oldest families in America. How can you ever think that you're going to be able to get back up to that standard? You can't. Mm-hmm. But I think anytime she has a financial flub where mm-hmm. she's suddenly losing money or lost a deal in anything, I think her mind goes back to like, if I had that relationship, I wouldn't be going through this. So like last episode when mm-hmm. she was having that like healer or whatever come and she started crying yeah. and she says she missed him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think she misses the husband because the rumor allegedly was that yeah. she cheated on him. Yeah. So I don't think that's that she missed him. I think she misses the comforts of that life because she wouldn't have to worry about a Century 21 deal falling apart. It wouldn't matter. It would be like a hobby she has that just like she stops doing. <laughs> Sonia is that kind of a person that needs somebody to take care of her. And she was always thinking that she would get married, she would find a husband, and and that would be it. And then she would be the society. It's it's sort of, Sonia sometimes reminds me of Tinsley, right? Tinsley is looking for somebody to get married so that she would be taken care of. Sonia is similar to that. She cannot handle her own finances and take care of the bills and take care of the house. All of that is too stressful for her. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that's a good thing or a bad thing i'm just saying that's the fact of it she's not able to handle the everyday life of managing your life that's not something she is able to handle and that causes a lot of anxiety for her she always talks about uh, something in her colon and something in her stomach and Hmm. there is something called the gut brain there's an actual organ that cover there's nerves and neurons that are in your gut that actually give you the gut feeling and it's called the gut brain that's a scientific yeah. scientifically proven now and the more it unravels the more she wants to just say fuck it i don't care i'm gonna get drunk and she's very self-destructive i feel like if this continues she's going to actually destroy herself she's going she ha- seems to have those tendency to just give up on life yeah sonia we don't want that from you you yeah. are the stir that what is it the straw the that straw stirs that stirs, stirs yeah okay well speaking of gut brain do you think that ramona gets diarrhea anytime she's <laughs> so, confronted i think ramona has figured out that if she says she has diarrhea people leave her alone <laughs> you know it's kind of brilliant yeah like, it's she, brilliant. at this point it's like i've already shot my pants in multiple yeah. times on national television so i might as well just be honest with the fact that like yeah i got diarrhea i just 
<laughs> I love she had diarrhea. So she goes, Luann goes after her, and then they talk, and then Luann wants to go to the bathroom, and she goes, is it safe to same. go in? <laughs> I love that Luann apologized to that woman. She's like, I'm sorry you had to hear that. <laughs> But also when Leah was talking about Ramona having IBS and Ramona is shown standing under a big sign that says <laughs> Irish soda bread. So I was like ISB. It's like Irish soda bread. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Is she having ISB or IBS? <laughs> what, is what did you think about her conversation with Ebony about the help? I think Ramona is the kind of person who needs help with an alternate word. Just saying don't use the word help doesn't help Ramona. Mm-hmm. Ramona would need the word that needs to be replaced to help. Yeah, what did she say? Hospitality it, managers? Yeah. Something? Hosp- she she had a hard time saying it's too many syllables for her. So you have to come up with something that's quick so she can say, you know, when she's calling them by the wrong name, she can call something else. Too. My favorite Ramona moment this episode was when she goes, who would want to cancel culture? Yes. <laughs> Who who wants to cancel culture? What who is wants this? To cancel culture. She's uh, like, first they cancel Christmas and now they cancel <laughs> culture. I loved it. I just love it. it's like these three white ladies, they can't figure out the word cancel culture. They keep culture. saying there's gonna be cancellation. Cancellation, cancer, cancer. <laughs> I could come up with other names. Oh, so but good. also, I love that Ebony was like, didn't laugh. And she's like, Ramona? I don't think she understood even that. No, she was like, no, she, she did. didn't quite get it. But I like how everybody else just patiently explains things to Ramona now. Because she has become that auntie that's not going to understand what you're talking yeah. about. I think that there's something to learn between the way that Ebony is doing something and the way yes. Alita is doing something. Yeah. And I think it's important because we've seen a lot of performative activism in the last yeah. year. Yeah. It's important to notice that Ebony has a problem with Ramona. She sits down. She has a conversation with her. Now, Ramona... Could have done something in that moment that Mm. Ebony thought was inauthentic, where Mm. she may have felt like she's not listening. But Ebony's job was, I'm going to get this off my chest because it's important for me to say this for me and for Mm. this person to hear me. She said it. It was done. She moved on. Yeah. Leah is harping on this issue of Ramona potentially not donating plasma and Mm -hmm. saying that she did Mm -hmm. from like months ago Mm -hmm. and look i think it's important is it morally terrible that ramona said she donated plasma and she never did yeah but also ramona's a dumbass so i'm sure ramona thought she did and then she didn't and she's not gonna fess up to it because frankly because leah's being annoying and leah keeps harping on the issue and it's like leah what satisfaction are you gonna get out of this person admitting that they're wrong Mm -hmm. it doesn't change anything it's not going to change the fact that she didn't donate plasma her admitting that she didn't donate plasma isn't going to make plasma be donated. Yes. So it's like, what's the point here? What are you trying yeah. to do? Just prove how wrong somebody is? And then yeah. what? That's not what Ebony's trying to do. Ebony's trying yeah. to say, this is my experience and this is how it hurt me. Yeah. This is what you can do to make it better. See, Ebony is coming from her personal viewpoint. And Leah is coming from, hey, I'm woke and I'm going to make sure that I demonstrate that I'm woke. And I'm yeah. going to make sure that I'm going to make sure that you are... 
you understand that and you have to say sorry and she's not coming from a personal point of view and she doesn't have a personal mm-hmm. point of view other than i have to prove if you lie i'm going to make sure that you admit to the lie otherwise we're never going to stop i have to get that ounce of flesh from you before i feel satisfied it's like for what yeah for what everybody around the table knows she's lying everybody in the world knows she's lying yeah for all you know she's not lying she's just misrepresenting she gave plasma she gave blood maybe they used that blood to test her blood for endemic <laughs> yeah. but that's what they did she did give something they took something she went to a center she gave <laughs> something they said oh you have a lot of antibodies we should take your blood and plasma and she said yeah sure and then they drew some blood for testing and she thought that was it because you never know what ramona understands ramona exactly. is not going to understand the details of it unless yeah. you lay it out calmly for her just like ebony did ramona is not going to admit that she didn't know what was happening and she might have misspoke because even saying I misspoke was not going to be enough for Leah. Yeah. Leah had already made up her mind that Ramona lied and that Ramona had to pay her dues on national TV for having lied. Yeah. And the other thing about Leah was that Leah seems to have come in. This is her second season. And she seems to have come in with the mindset of, I need to bring the drama. I have this thing with Ramona. I'm going to draw this into a fight. Yeah. And then tomorrow, Heather comes in and it's game time. We have to get on it. She riles everybody up individually and then brings it up and all of that. And she thinks that she needs to do that because that's her job and that's how she's approaching. And that's not what what we want from you, Leah. We want you mm-hmm. to be authentic self. You don't have to be bringing any extra drama. There's enough drama with just Ramona there. If Leah just remained as the great chorus for us, she would do fine. She would do well. All yeah. she has to do is be the audience and comment on the side. She doesn't even really have to stir the pot. Mm-hmm. Just watch Ramona interact with Ebony and just be a great chorus. And, you know, that would have been enough. But she feels like she needs to interject herself and make it into an issue. And make it about her because when everybody when she says the thing at the table and nobody's really like everybody's mm-hmm. like okay yeah she lied whatever yeah she gets up and walks away and then everybody's like all right let's go deal with her whatever she's like mm-hmm. oh now i'm the asshole everybody's mad at me it's like okay now that you're centering yourself leah and mm-hmm. it's about you even yeah. later on when she talks about like what are we gonna do about heather it's like you just try to drag her for like an hour at the vineyard earlier because she mm-hmm. you think that she lied about something so mm-hmm. how are you gonna sit here and act like you are some sort of like defender of these old old hags like you're mm-hmm. not you t- you've been talking shit about them since last year you did a cameo with Elise saying that Ramona shit herself so mm-hmm. what are you talking about Heather who was on the show for multiple seasons who has relationships with these people oh so she said that Luann may have done hard drugs uh yeah and Joe Gorga doesn't pay his bills. Yeah. Like, this is not news. So None of it is new. It's so annoying. It was yeah. so frustrating. And then, but I did notice Ramona is so fake. She's sitting at the table and she's like, oh, Leah. Oh, Leah, you're riling me up. Oh, Leah. I wasn't yeah. going to do this, but Le- I was like, shut the fuck up, Ramona. Yeah. You are yeah. so ready to drag Heather. And mm-hmm. you're, she was like gleeful at like... Mm-hmm. Leah, getting ready. It was so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm getting Heather here and it's going to be drama. Because if she truly cared about the no drama, Ramona could have disinvited Heather, but she didn't. Even uh, Luann was that. She's like, oh, you you just sat down with Leah and talked. Don't tell me, Luann, that you haven't read something about Heather said about you before. (laughs) Yeah. 
It's so like, dumb. You don't have Google alerts. Like the yeah, Buddha says, there's something called Google alerts. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah, we know Ramona. Are you telling me that Ramona has Google alerts for herself, but you don't? Seriously. Please, you, you guys knew what Heather said. And you exactly. were okay with it before. You didn't think of it much. But now you're like, oh, Leah said, here's a storyline for you guys. And now you're going to jump on it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, Arthi, this is how you can tell that a season is not going to be good. Mm-hmm. They add the full three-minute trailer in the premiere mm-hmm. of the episode. Seven minutes. Seven minutes. It was previews. Yeah. And, oh, my God. Yeah, it's like a 40-minute episode, seven of which is previews. Then I'm going to go ahead and say like eight more minutes of just shots of Beverly Hills and Cars. Mm -hmm. So by the time the editors put together this episode, Tom's stuff was already out there. Yes. They started off with a lot of focus on Tom and Mm -hmm. Erica and the house and their marriage and how awesome they are and blah, blah, blah. It seemed so not genuine. First of all, don't tell me you already had a lot of footage of people talking about Tom and Erica. Mm. And then all of a sudden everything fell apart. When for season after season after season... Tom is barely mentioned. That's interesting. So here's what I wonder. I wonder if there's always been that much conversation about Tom and they just never put it because it was never interesting. Mm-hmm. That here's a couple of quotes about Tom that Erica said that I wrote down. Yeah. One was, Tom and I had dinner every night. Yeah. Another one was, at least your husband has hair. And the third one was, I have my dog and my husband and no yeah. one else. I was like, well, now you got what, nobody. What, what, not, now you have your dog and your husband. What What is Mikey? Is he like chopped liver? Like, <laughs> Like he's in your closet sitting there <laughs> in, waiting. He's sitting yeah. in the closet with the gold boots. He's like, nobody told right. me where I'm putting these. Yeah. <laughs> and how shady of the producers to show all of her different rooms with her first closet, second closet, mm-hmm. third closet. How many closets did she say she had? 14? Oh, they emphasize so much on, on the her excessive belt. amount of shits that, shit that she has. But I think they did that definitely on purpose because I think Bravo is interested in catching Erica and her lies. You know, when she starts to talk about not having anything now. <laughs> I don't now. think so. I, they're setting it up to show that why would Erica share all that if Tom was going to be in trouble she absolutely did not know any of that and for this the same is all reason the jen shah decided to become a real housewife of salt lake city despite knowing that she was under investigation for the shit that she yeah is but i feel for. like bravo set this up for a redemption arc for erica because they're going to show how she was so open with her life mm. and showing all of the jewelry and everything and all of that is gone and she is really struggling and she's suffering and she's the victim here and they're going to build her back up. She's taking antidepressants and she went yeah. to Yeah, so it's like yeah. so much. Interesting. So you think that all of that is for the redemption arc. Hmm. Yep. I hope not. I hope Bravo fries her because it's bullshit. The only people that will fry her are Garcelle and Sutton. How much do we love Garcelle? I love her. She calls out Rena. She calls Kyle ordinary. I mean, yes. what else? <laughs> 
Okay, so so because it's the premiere episode, we don't want to go scene by scene. Let's talk about yeah. each of the characters as we think yeah. come back to the show. Kyle got a new nose, and yeah. she is perplexed as to why Garcelle would unfollow her. I don't know, Kyle. Maybe because you made a borderline racist allegation against a black woman. Yeah. During a reunion, yeah. and then you act like... Oh, for some reason she unfollowed me. I don't follow Kyle. I wonder if that bothers her. <laughs> Kyle, I think, has gotten so many nose jobs that she can't uh, smell her own bullshit because that is we're not because we can smell it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Dorit. Dorit got a new car, and let me tell you, the journey she's on with her kids. I mm-hmm. love her kids. I love her kids. Jagger could not speak. And now he's giving her sass. He's like, guess who's not going to get a hug? When Dorit gets all glammed up, he's like, ah, you don't look good. Yeah. (laughs) You're wearing a robe. You're wearing a robe. It does look like a robe to a kid, right? It's like, (laughs) why are your boobies showing? (laughs) Why are your boobies showing? I loved it. Dorit continues to really weasel her way into our heart like she weasels money away from people. Even PK. PK is weaseling his way into my heart. And that's disturbing. I'm like, I have to hide. I have to hide my purse. <laughs> He's gonna uh, be asking me for a loan soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about Rinna. Rinna says she's a cunt, and uh, no oh, lies are detected. No, yep. <laughs> no lies. <laughs> I loved it that Garcelle said, "I don't disagree." <laughs> Neither do I. You know, I will say on the record, we've not talked about Beverly Hills on the podcast before. Lisa Rinna is my problematic favorite, okay? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. here's why. Because she does dumb, crazy shit. And then the next season, she's like, I know, I'm an asshole. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm a cunt. Okay, sorry. You know, and it's so funny. And I remembered that because they cut to that apology she gave to Dorit like three yeah. seasons ago or four seasons ago, where she's like, can we start over? Like she yeah. always does. <laughs> she yeah. Does this thing. And I'm like, how do you like she knows that if you just go up to somebody and apologize for your bullshit, yeah. they can't yeah. help but forgive you. But the yeah. nice thing about Garcelle is Garcelle doesn't subscribe to this polite white people shit. Mm-hmm. Garcelle's yeah. like, no, you wronged my friend in front yeah. of my face and you threw everybody under the bus. Yeah. Why the fuck would I trust you? Yeah, and Garcelle is not saying apologize to Denise or no. I need an apology to me. Garcelle is just saying, I don't trust you. Yeah. That's yeah. it. You showed me what kind of a friend you have. It doesn't matter how long you've been friends with Denise or not. I saw your ass and now I don't trust you. Yeah. Garcelle looks so bored in that final the party they had she looks she's exhausted she's like, she was exhausted why am i here what is this what is this silly game they're playing why are they acting all hyper and happy what is this conversation she seems so bored yeah and i could feel her i could feel her there but yeah. i loved her little braid that she was wearing in the rena oh scene my God, so oh, chic. I love- she looks so beautiful what did you think about crystal crystal is interesting i want to know more of crystal i want to learn more about her she's kooky i think she has to be kooky because she's very good friends with kathy hilton who okay (sighs) met kathy hilton and now kim richards makes a lot more sense yes (laughs) suddenly 
Kim makes. I always thought Kathy Hilton was this snobbish, very put, well put together, yeah, very uh, Luan like, you know, bougie yeah. kind of a person. Kathy Hilton is bonkers. <laughs> she is that, bonkers. She's, she's like a nut job. <laughs> she made Kyle look sane and the only sane and a normal person in that oh family. My Oh my god, she's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But she's a disaster, but I think that Real Housewives of Beverly Hills needs one person who is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. You know what I mean? She came in, started drinking, walking around, wandering around by herself, sipping on yeah. her drink, eating. She was a mess. <laughs> and it looks like she probably does her own dental work because her teeth yes. are crazy. Yes. And she said that she likes to play dentist. What did she say? That was this crazy story she was saying about when she was a young kid. And she would force the neighbor kids to be. Uh, she would be the dentist to them. She would make them floss. What was she saying? Okay. Now, like, I've heard a lot of stories about. I didn't watch the Paris Hilton documentary. But I know that a lot of people who have watched it have said yeah. that Kathy Hilton was, like, terrible to Paris growing up. And I'm uh-huh. like, yeah, she's doing fucking casual dental work on children <laughs> in her neighborhood god knows what she did to her own kids yeah it felt like the other women know that kathy is cuckoo so they're just like laughing openly laughing at her i loved it they just set up the jokes for her and then (laughs) watch her fall it was so funny how dorit was treating her and rina was treating her it's like they have zero respect for her well kathy you're like the clown she's she's the like class clown (laughs) kathy called dorit dorit I think I want to see Kathy and Ramona together. Like talking about cancel culture. Yes. (laughs) Or IBS. I don't care. Or IBS. Or IBS. Or dental work. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Crystal real quick because I want to note a point that happened in the show, um, Uh which is Crystal starts to talk about the number eight and how important Uh it is to the Chinese culture. Uh She starts explaining some of the things that she does with having a child and all that stuff. And I wanted to note the difference in Crystal having this conversation with these women versus Uh the way that when Tiffany talked about these things Mm -hmm. around the women in Dallas. And Mm -hmm. what I picked up on was you can tell that Kyle and Lisa Rinna know that they are not at Crystal Kung Minkoff's level. Rinna was uh, practically frothing and talking about the Lion King. She was like, she really was. Where do I kiss your ass? Where do I kiss it? Show me your ass. (laughs) She was like, do you have a child that I can, you know, set my daughter up with? So you know that they already know that in the hierarchy of women in Beverly Hills, Mm -hmm. they come way below below crystal so crystal in that situation is more superior to them and can Mm -hmm. sit and openly talk about her culture and not feel judged Mm -hmm. the difference was really obvious because it didn't feel like they were judging her it felt Mm -hmm. more like crystal was judging them yeah for not doing that (laughs) yeah she was like the, the producer asked do you know dorit she was like Nope. Yeah. We I wanted to also ask. So Crystal is my age. She's 35. And wow. she says mm. that she got married in 2007, which mm-hmm. would make her around 21, 22. But the internet is saying that she may have met her husband when she was much younger than 20. Apparently they have. were at a they were at a um premiere for some movie together in 2003. Ooh. 
That's that on that. The hu- I was surprised to see the husband and him just hanging around there, opening the sipping, door, opening the door and sipping and because they're like he seemed he people. seemed almost cru- No, he seemed almost curious to see how this real housewife <laughs> thing goes. <laughs> He's like, what's the camera angle? Where are you going to put it? Okay. He was like, uh, oh, should I make a card? But it also had, I also got the vibes of Kelsey Grammer. Remember oh. when the first episode, he showed up and we didn't expect to see him, but he was there up making sure Camille was introduced properly and just to set her up so then he could hand, out, hand her off to Real Housewives and just go <laughs> divorce Take her. Take care of her. I'm so, going to leave her soon. Yeah, I'm going to leave her soon. That's the kind of vibe I got out of it. I was like, Kelsey did that too so i wonder what is happening <laughs> but i hope that's not true and i think if uh, if it happened to crystal she seems to be savvy enough to draw you know suck him dry so he wouldn't yeah do it. we were just on the reality reading rainbow our friend uh-huh. had us on his podcast yes. and he asked the question if we're worried about anybody on real houses of beverly hills we talked about being a little bit worried about garcelle you said to les are you worried about crystal and les mm-hmm. brought in a really good point which is crystal's husband is extremely rich he's yeah. a really high up in hollywood so crystal is in this situation and i think it's important to know in this situation crystal is functioning with some level of privilege that mm-hmm. other Asian women might not get because mm-hmm. of their lack of proximity to this much power. So she has power through her husband. Yeah. And so she's protected under that power to some degree in these situations. That's not to say that Crystal hasn't dealt with racism. I'm sure she has. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's been some asshole that's made some comment about her being the nanny or the help mm-hmm. or some some mm-hmm. racist bullshit. But in this situation in Real Houses of Beverly Hills, we're not worried about Crystal because Crystal is she good. And she's yeah. stunning. She is. She had that popped collar, very LVP, that outfit. Wasn't yeah. It? it was like the casual. I love that casual look. That's so elegant. I can't do buttons with these boobs. No, I no, can't I... either. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it's like a gaping veil <laughs> in the middle. It's either gaping or it's completely oversized. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. It's oversized and you're wearing, uh, yeah, it's, it, that's a good look for people with small boobs or uh, personal tailors who will adjust your, your shirt to make yeah, sure that exactly. it all fits in. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see next episode because we start to see why Crystal and Sutton might be getting into a fight later. <laughs> that was interesting. That was very interesting. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Rehossos of New Jersey reunion part one where it was basically Jennifer Aiden versus the world. She came prepared. Let me tell you something. Okay. <laughs> Jennifer Aiden gave Kenya Moore a run for her money. Uh-huh. She twirled. She twirled. She did. Yeah. <laughs> she did. <laughs> and she didn't seem to be nervous about it. Like no. she came, she seemed very happy. <laughs> No, she seemed happy because she knows that whatever happens in this, she knows that she can bounce back and the friendships will bounce back. Yeah. I know that Andy doesn't quite like her from the way he treats her. And like when she comes on Watch What Happens Live, he's not quite as friendly to her as he is to the Marge and all of that. But she also knows that she's going to be fine. She's going to, they're not going to get, she's not going to lose her, um, you know, what What do Jersey, what do Jersey folks have? It's not a peach. It's not, what do they have? A cannoli? I don't know. What do they, did they have a cannoli <laughs> before a meatball? Like, what do they have? Cannoli? Right. What do they hold? Cannoli. What do That's they hold? Yeah. I've never noticed. Wait, let's look that up. A sprinkle, a sprinkle cookie. <laughs> I don't know. 
cannoli? A hoagie. They hold a (laughs) hoagie. Yeah, it could be a hoagie. They hold a pork roll, depending on which part of New Jersey you're from. Hold on. Real housewives of New Jersey. I think I don't think they hold anything. (laughs) Wait, this is amazing. I've never paid attention. Yeah, what is it? What is it? Jersey folks hold. Oh no, I don't God. think they hold anything. I think they just stand. They've always just stood. Huh. In my mind, it would be like a slice of pizza. Yeah, they could have <laughs> held a pizza. They would be holding, they would or... be holding a cup of coffee and a sandwich from Wawa. <laughs> <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, my Excuse God. Excuse me, not Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts is Boston, okay? Oh. If they ever did a Real Housewives of Boston, they would need to do Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Wawa was um, Pennsylvania, not Jersey. But No, no, no. Wawa is, well, Wawa is more South Jersey and Philly. Headquartered in Philadelphia. Yeah, but it's like a real big staple. I'd say like Central Jersey down, Wawa is a big deal. <laughs> anyway but, so yeah um, i agree though jen is not losing her wawa sandwich and coffee anytime yeah. soon okay she's yeah. gonna be just fine and and by the way i don't think melissa gorga had a leg to stand on any of those fights mm-hmm. jen did not throw her family under the bus mm-hmm. and she's been sharing her entire life what melissa and marge keep saying about like oh you don't share anything about your life you don't share anything no but when she shares they think it's rude that yeah. she's sharing they're it like makes you shouldn't no sense. Doing that to your mother, and you shouldn't be sharing that, and your mother is upset with you, and blah blah blah. All of that. They were upset with what she shared. They yeah. are not sharing anything special. And then Marge had the same argument for herself, and she was like, That was my real life, and I'm sharing my real life. Like, why can't Jen share her real life? Because they don't like her real life. Because mm-hmm. I think that. Jennifer Aiden, we've talked about this before. Jennifer Aiden represents a type of woman that mm. in white feminism is not considered a progressive woman. And look, mm. I think Jennifer Aiden says some real ass backward stuff. Her mm. saying that she belittles, that Marge belittles Joe Benigno and that mm. he feels she emasculates him because she picks out his All clothes. of that was BS. It was all nonsense and she was definitely like digging at them and she's definitely mm-hmm. said some really ass backwards things. Her saying, mm. oh, you slept with your boyfriend when you were 15. Like all of that mm-hmm. stuff is really fucked up. But at right. the same time, I think the reason why Marge and Melissa don't like her and it's shocking that Melissa doesn't like Jennifer is because Jennifer represents a type of a woman that Western feminism looks down on, which is shocking because Melissa Gorga is also pretty much in the same relationship. Right. It's not like she was bringing in the bucks. You know, she and Jennifer are actually a lot alike. So, yeah. I don't know, whatever. And it was just annoying because Melissa didn't make any sense. Jackie said like four words. You know, one thing I noticed is that mm-hmm. um, Dolores doesn't really like Marge. Have you noticed that? Yeah, Dolores doesn't like Marge, but I have never figured out why. There's like a simmering hatred there and I don't know what it is. Yeah, it, it it's like Dolores doesn't open up and share her life. She actually shares a little bit more with Jennifer than she does with Marge. She'll talk about her life and give advice. I think Dolores feels that Marge looks down upon all of them. 
mm-hmm. as not well educated enough and they're not smart enough. Or at least I feel that that's what Dolores feels. I, I could see that. What did you think about this dumb Gorga siblings thing? With Joe Gorga <sighs> being rolled out separately so that they can talk about Joe and Melissa's marriage yeah. was like more proof than ever that Melissa yeah. just did all of this bullshit so that they could have a storyline. No, see, I, I disagree with you. I feel really? like this is real. I think she talked about it enough to the point where it has become a real thing. Mm. Like it was something that she didn't quite believe in and she just brought it up and it was cookie at first. But as the time went along, I think she actually started believing that sh- that stuff and now she truly thinks they have an issue. They really have an issue and I don't think they're going to get through that without some counseling and Joe needs to get off his high horse and just understand, you know, stand back or you're going to lose that woman. They were like, oh, so things are better now? They were like, oh, we realized in that moment that we should like deal with this. And Uh then it wasn't like we went to therapy or anything. It was like, yeah, so we realized we should deal with this and now everything is fine. It's like, well, what did you do? Like that? Yeah. And that's the point where I was like, did you actually do anything? Was there any resolve? Were you just like, what was the point of all that? Like, it's like, it's also like Joe Gorga is like, oh, when I was working, I would come home. And once I was home, I was all focused on her. I'm like, no, you were focused on getting sex. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't mean you were actually listening to her. Honestly, that's all it is. If Melissa gave Joe more sex, he would be, he would shut the fuck up. He wouldn't say anything, which is disgusting. But maybe she doesn't find it fun anymore to be treated like a piece of meat. Imagine that. Could you imagine that Mm -hmm. somebody might actually speak up about it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I go back and forth with those two. I do find it annoying that she sits there and she talks about like Jennifer's only talking about her family she throws her whole family in the bus where every single season we have to sit through Joe and Teresa yeah. and Melissa having their family issues uh-huh. this whole show has always been about family so why yeah. is it wrong for Jennifer Aiden to show, share her family and right. well, by the way I knew Marge had a, had a son mm-hmm. but can I tell you most of the internet was like wait Marge has her own kid since uh-huh. when because she yeah. doesn't talk about her family she right. doesn't talk about her actual son she protects her son i mean i sure. understand she couldn't talk about her stepchildren but she could have yes. talked about her own son she never and she's stayed. talked about her stepchildren quite a bit yeah, yeah but she's never talked about her own son Teresa saying why would you wouldn't mention it if your, son, your husband was a plumber why would you talk about that that was so shitty everybody's jaw dropped i know I was like oh you're such an idiot she is And that's the reason why I don't want to see two idiots on stage talking to each other about their grievances and their family. And Mm -hmm. like, I'm just, I'm exhausted by the Gorga stuff. And I know that it was like a big fight or whatever at the shore, but I thought you liked the family aspect of uh, of Jersey. And now I do like the the only family left there. I do like the family aspect of Jersey. I just feel frustrated that we're still talking about Teresa and Joe and Melissa and their issues. When, yes, we had that one big fight at the Jersey Shore, but that fight was resolved within that episode. So Mm -hmm. it annoys me that we're spending time at the reunion talking about that fight when that fight was one episode. That's all it was. And it's not like they had an entire season long arc Mm -hmm. of them having all these issues. They don't. And even yeah. then, like, I understand and, and I hate Juicy Joe. I think he's a piece of shit. By the way, I think yeah. it's hilarious that anytime they mention him, they always yeah. cut to the clip of 
of him saying, here comes my bitch wife, and then him saying, I'm going to smack you upside the head. There, yeah. Those two clips have to play back. It's like they have a tari- they have like a ju- juicy button at the end of yeah. the editing suite mm-hmm. where they're just it's like... It's right next to the 19... Uh, uh, engaged 19 times. <laughs> it's right next to that. The button is right next to that. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't like Joe Judice at all, mm-hmm. but I also respect Teresa's desire to say, I'm not going to talk about my kid's father. I'm not going to do mm-hmm. it. I know he's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I know he's a terrible person. I know know he's being thirsty in the press but he has the right to have these opinions about you guys because mm-hmm. he was a part of this family for a really yeah. long time i'm sure that the father no no probably had vented all the time to joe Gore, to joe judice yeah. and yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if when joe judice or Teresa was in jail that he vented to joe gorga mm-hmm. but the thing is like i think that their their depth is so little as like these like alpha males that they just mm-hmm. think like oh well that's the truth like he said that to me that's the truth it's like well yeah probably was just venting to you because he was frustrated yeah. in that situation yeah so. yeah yeah i'm i'm i agree that was exhausting i i didn't enjoy that part i didn't either it was too long yeah how'd you what'd you think about jackie i don't care yeah i didn't care about jackie and Teresa going yet again about that I feel like all of the issues were resolved and we moved on and then they brought it back up in that that's reunion. The thing. Yeah. I and I get that that's some part of the reunion. Yeah. Is yes, issues get mm-hmm. dealt with and then you move on and then it's fine. Mm-hmm. But it just felt unnatural because the issues were resolved not at the end of the show, but in the middle of the middle show. Middle of the show. And they were fine after that. And now all of a sudden they all showed up angry at each other. Did you notice yeah. that they were all mad, mad, mad? Yeah. Like they had never been, it had never been resolved. It was dumb. But yeah. I am excited because when Jennifer Aiden tells Melissa that. <laughs> she had a big smile on her face, just <laughs> like her daughter might have had. It was like Gabriella or uh, Olivia. What, what's her? Olivia, Olivia might have. Olivia. Olivia, Olivia. If, if, if I could imagine Olivia tattletailing about one of her siblings. And yeah. then being very proud that she did it because now you are in trouble. That's the kind of face that she had. I was oh like, my God, Jennifer that's such a good point. such a kid. Oh my God, that's such a good point. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So I'm excited for the follow-up to that. I think it's going to be great. Apparently, Jersey Reunion is only two parts. Well, I'm glad. No, I see that. I see that's that. Fine, I mean, right? when? I mean, they resolved Jennifer and her parents' issue also in this episode. And it was like, okay. Jennifer was like, my mother will never be happy with me because she wants me to kick my dad out and I'm not going to kick my dad out because now he's an old man and I, I'm going to take care of him. What the other women were saying was also making sense. They were like, yeah, but you're not acknowledging your mother's past. Yeah. And that's a hard thing. And you put that on display on national TV and that's hard. We understand why your mother is upset too. But this is not something you can go back on. Somebody has to just give in at some point and it's usually the mother. So yeah. she will give in at some point and then jennifer will feel validated with everything she did <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. and you know what i would love to see more of that on tv yeah i want to see a follow-up to that next season i, I want to see it. yeah I, I didn't mind seeing jennifer's family and watching all of those storylines either because it was much but much more interesting than watching joe go after melissa about work or jackie and teresa teresa going after each other exactly 
Yeah, agree. It was some. It was much more compelling, and I think Jennifer knows that. Which so, is why she's sitting there smug, <laughs> smug as a bug. Made me very yeah. happy. I was like, you mm. know what? She's a good villain. She is. Yeah, and she and is by the a way, good villain. By the way, I believe that Marge told Jennifer, "Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true," mm-hmm. because again. Um, the sky is blue. Mm-hmm. Joe Gorga doesn't pay. Ramona his shits her pants. Ramona has IBS. <laughs> sky is blue. Ramona shits her pants. Luann probably did hard drugs. Mm-hmm. And Joe Gorga doesn't pay his bills. These are universal truths. Truths, yes. <laughs> exactly. And Marge is just upset that she would bring it up in that context. No, Marge agreed because. Marge knows. That doesn't mean that Marge is the one that started the rumors and things like that about Jackie's husband. I think that she probably did. You think so? How mm. fun would it be if she did? And well, how fun would it be if Joe Benigno was correct all along? He did hear it some from somebody else. Yeah. And he, he came and told Marge did. and Marge then told somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, I'm excited. So uh, we mm. should also apologize because I did say on the last episode that Chelsea from Ono Bravo was going to be on this episode. It turns out I don't know what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> and she will be on in the next episode. We're going to be talking about Shaz oh. and Married to Medicine. But I'm very excited because also very important today. We barely touched on this. Oh, my God. Yes, we didn't. The biggest ha- thing ever. <laughs> Yeah, the greatest thing ever happened today, which was that on the clubhouse, Brian from Family Karma came on. Oh, he was so cute. I was like, okay, he could be our son. Yes. Your (laughs) brother, my son. But yes. I mean, brothers like... I wanted like, uh, did you eat a good dinner, lunch today, Brian? (laughs) I want like, uh, how was your day today, Brian? I just wanted to ask him so many other questions. I know that everybody was so happy to have him on. Yeah. And it was like, we don't see people, but I could feel the smiles. <laughs> everybody was so happy. So I'm That's, excited. Cause... One person took, you know, tried to go yeah. for him. <laughs> exactly. So the other thing is that um, Family Karma is going to come back, I think, June, the uh-huh. first week of June. So we're going to yeah. have to put that into our schedule. There's going to be a clubhouse hosted by by the Family Karma cast folks where they recap Mm. the Family Karma episodes on Thursday Mm. nights. I think sometimes, Arthi, you and I might pop into there and say hello. Oh, that would be We've nice. We've been invited yeah. to do that. South Asian representation, it looks like. Yeah. So, Let's help our sister. So find us on Clubhouse. Well, she doesn't need our help, but. No, she doesn't. <laughs> and is really good. But let's support that. our sister. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but find us on Clubhouse. Our IDs are in our, in the bio of our Instagram page. Do you know that the Android version of Clubhouse does not let me put in our Instagram handle and my Twitter handle on my really? ID? My clubhouse ID doesn't have those buttons. That's bullshit. I know this makes Bill Boulevard very, very happy. Like, <laughs> I told you so. You need to get an well, iPhone. Clubhouse earlier, I said, hey, do you want to sponsor us? But if you're going to sponsor us, could you please update that? Because, the, yeah. you know, it's important for our yeah, brand. I know. The, the, you should have the diversity of representation of iOS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Bye. Bye.